0: Hi there, listener, and welcome to the fifth and last of our series of podcasts covering the best snow equipment available for winter. 2024. We've already looked at the best skis, ski boots, jackets, helmets and goggles. I've really enjoyed recording these and I'm sure you'll find them interesting too. You can catch up with these episodes at any time. But today we're going to move on to two vital parts of your winter wardrobe. This week we're looking at how you keep your extremities cold. It's time to find out about the best ski socks and gloves. Now, my name is Ian Martin, and this series of podcasts would not be possible without my regular guest and equipment expert, Al Morgan. Hi, Al. How are you?
1: Good morning, Ian. I am fantastic. I'm about to head out of France to try all of next season's products, so it's an exciting time. Excellent.
0: Well, uh, you were on episode 197, our last published episode when you were at Slide, where you were getting to see a few of those uh, products, I guess, in the UK. And is this where you get the opportunity now uh, at the ski test to go and use them all on snow in an alpine
1: environment? Absolutely correct. Yeah. So skis, boots, poles, bindings, goggles, helmets, clothing, anything you can think of to do with skiing, there's a good chance that I will be on it, in it, wearing it, using it, or certainly playing with it and trying to break it. So, I'm guessing then
0: that uh, you're going out there, you're driving, you probably got a, a van or a car packed up to the gunnels with everything.
1: Yeah, the trusty little van will be quite uh, full. But I, I love the drive out there and snow's forecast. So, it's very, very exciting.
0: Well, as you can tell, uh, listener, Al is always testing kit. I wondered um, if we could just start uh, briefly by you telling us how uh,
1: and where you've tested some of
0: the products that we're going to talk about today.
1: Blimey okay so anywhere that I can essentially so ski test as we've just spoken of which uh, it's organized by a trade body in the UK the SIGB so that's a really good opportunity to get on a lot of product but I go touring in Scotland every every year go skiing up there for a few days test product Scotland's a brilliant testing environment it's really brutal on kit and me um and then Mm -hmm. anywhere whether it be an indoor snow slope dry slope Anywhere I go skiing, I will be testing kit. And even, you know, it's really important that I go into stores. So I know Ellis Brigham support these podcasts, but their stores are great because I can go in, look at product, try different things on. So I get an idea of different cuts, fits, fabrics or all of that stuff. Because it's not possible to ski in absolutely everything out there.
0: Okay. Well, uh, you mentioned Ellis Brigham. Before we go on, I would like to thank them. They've made this special episode of the Ski Podcast possible. They're the winter sports specialists with 16 shops around the UK. You can find all the kit you need for this winter, uh, or you can head to their website, Ellis-Brigham.com, and buy online now. Now, today we're going to start with gloves, and then we're going to move on to socks. Uh, We'll look at the best options at the top, middle and entry level points of the market. And we're going to explain some of the key bits of uh, jargon that you need to know without going too technical about it. So let's start off with the gloves and some of the technical side of things in relation to that. I think one of the things that you wanted to uh, bring up, Al, is obviously with gloves as opposed to socks, you can genuinely try these before you buy. Uh, what do people need to be thinking about when they are actually trying them?
1: Absolutely try gloves on. They're all different shapes and sizes and we've all got fingers that are different you know relatively different lengths to each other some have really long middle finger some people's index finger will be long etc um so go and try the gloves on you don't want loads of excess fabric at the end but even more importantly you may try a glove on and it feels really good nice and snug nice and warm and then when you get out skiing and grab a ski pole the way that that glove wraps around your hand will force your fingers into the ends of the pockets. A ski boot, we talk about it being snug. What you do not want with a glove is that snugness where it's going to be too tight because that will only lead to coldness. So in a store, put a glove on, go and grab a uh, a ski pole, hold it. If you do loads of fiddly things like ski boots or, or or snowboard bindings, go and play with some on the shelf and just make sure that the gloves are going to work for what you need.
0: Okay, excellent. And I think uh, we all know the difference between, like let's say, a glove and a, and a mitt or a mitten. But um, another term I came across uh, recently was a lobster claw. What on earth is that?
1: So also called a three-finger mitt or glove. So getting a little bit technical, thumb and index finger have really good blood supplies. Yeah, they they can stay really warm. The other three fingers, the middle ring and little finger, they can be much colder. The way they get blood is slightly different. So on a... Three finger or lobster claw, you have your thumb separate, your index finger separate, and then the other three fingers are all in that lovely little sleeping bag style mitt affair.
0: Right, that's really interesting. I had no idea that the blood supply to your uh, different uh, fingers was different, but I guess it makes sense. Your thumb just doesn't get, uh, or my thumb doesn't get as cold yep. as the uh, other fingers. In terms of uh, glove design, you have, uh, we often talk about the the cuff, and the cuff can be shorter or longer, what you might call, I think, uh, like a powder cuff for a longer yep. one do you want to, want to give yeah a bit more powder of cuff or
1: powder gauntlet absolutely right so so that is you know it's kind of designed to keep all of the the, the soft snow out and it's a, a big gauntlet it generally goes over the wrist of your jacket so you put the jacket on do the velcro strap so that's snug and then that cuff on the long cuff on the on the glove or mitt will go over that normally it has a, like an elasticated draw cord and the other one is an under cuff so it's much slimmer and it goes inside the jacket sleeve and you do the jacket up around it do not think that undercuff is not for powder. I use undercuff gloves most of the time. I take my gloves on and off a lot, and there's a lot less fat with an undercuff glove. And I find it works superbly well for powder skiing as well.
0: Okay, that was really interesting. What about a another feature that I've seen a lot and you know maybe is a must-in gloves these days? I don't know. Touchscreen compatibility. What are we talking? I guess it's obvious what we're talking about there. Yeah, is that, is that standard now?
1: No, it's not standard and you know what? I'm really pleased it's not. I like to have a break from digital devices when I'm in the mountains. So I hardly ever use a normal, like a proper skate club uh, that has touchscreen compatible tips or e-tips and they're generally on the thumb and, and, and finger if you use your phone a lot and lots of people do it is really good so we'll talk about at least one pair of gloves that have this it's very very useful sometimes you you, you may use a, a a glove underneath that has e-tips or, or touchscreen compatible tips and that can be a good way to do it but yeah get away from the phones eh? get out in the mountains and breathe the fresh air
0: For sure. Well, I'm definitely a believer in that. And that's probably quite a lot of people's New Year's resolutions. And one of the joys of being in the mountains is that you can get away from the digital connection for a a period of time. Electrically heated gloves. I mean, they sound amazing. How do these things work? How are they controlled?
1: Many ways, but they they all have a battery pack. And they have elements that go down through the fingers and warm, generally finger, finger ends, um, but some will warm around the back of the hand as well. And they will have a little kind of button controller on the gloves. It sounds quite basic, but it's not. It's pretty is Modern batteries are so small and so powerful. They last really well. So Thermic do a heat boost glove. It's about 300 pounds. It's, it's, it's quite pricey, but my, the warmth in it. So if you suffer from any circulatory issues with the hands and, can't generally maintain that warmth in the mountains this can be an absolute godsend so go and look at them go and try them on you can play with them in the shop and turn them on and you'll see just how good they are and they will last for a whole day's skiing obviously it depends on conditions and power but i'm yet to make one run out in a day but i don't need that much heat so others that i know use them they last really well for them as well
0: yeah but for 300 pounds that's a pretty really big investment there isn't it
1: better than losing your fingers <laughs>
0: sure okay another uh question then waterproof gloves you know can you have waterproof gloves does that exist
1: yeah marigolds they're not very warm though but they're great for doing <laughs> the dishes um yeah it, it, if anybody's listened to the to the jacket episode where we spoke about really we're talking about water resistance yeah not waterproofing they are very very water resistant would you go and wash the dishes with them you know, with enough pressure, enough moisture, it would come through. But for skiing in general, and when it's tipping down, if you get what is branded a, put my fingers in the air, like inverted commas, waterproof, it will do you pretty well. But what happens is you've got the outer protective layer, might be leather synthetic. And that water-resistant or waterproof membrane inside, it's not like a jacket because there's so many seams that can't all be bonded together, typically. So they make the waterproof liner separately, and we call it a waterproof insert. So that goes into the glove. So if anybody's ever taken a glove off when their hands are damp or wet and the inside pulls out, it's because all the layers aren't attached together. With some of the modern construction, they actually make that it, and then bond it with the glove in some way so we get much better grip and dexterity and this can have various different terms which will generally have grip in the title but yeah it's like a basically a breathable waterproof bag inside the glove
0: and that's interesting thinking about something inside the glove because there's a couple of other like i don't know if you want to call them secondary glove options you can have like a liner glove or silk gloves are they the yep. same kind of thing
1: yeah, absolutely. So silk is brilliant. It's really soft. It can be really warm. It's really slim. And silk is a kind of liner glove. So it, as the title suggests, it's a something you wear to line inside your glove or mitt. What I really love with a liner glove is you can have that with the touchscreen compatible tips. So if you've got, a, especially if I'm using a lot of cameras, I take the main glove off. I've got fantastic dexterity with this liner glove. I can do the what I need to do with, with the camera or whatever, and my hands don't get too cold. It can make your gloves a bit more bulky. If you're going to wear it, try the gloves you're going to buy with the liner glove.
0: And we're not covering liner gloves, you know, later on. I have looked ahead to see which uh, gloves are uh, available. How much would a liner glove kind of cost typically?
1: Not that expensive. I mean, obviously you can go real kind of budget, one size fits all for five or ten pounds. But for a good technical glove, you might be talking somewhere between 20, 60 pounds. You know, it's quite a spread depending on the features and materials you want.
0: Okay, and that's on the inside. Yes. But there is also potential to put another kind of, you know, Glove or a shell over the top of your glove.
1: Yeah. And I actually, I used to climb a lot in winter when it's very cold, and I've always carried these in my bag. So it's an over mitt, and essentially it is that waterproof, like a jacket, a waterproof shell, if you want, a very, very water resistant shell, doesn't generally have insulation. They're packed really small and light. And then when the weather really closes in, it's really cold, or your normal ski gloves get wet or damp, you chuck these mitts on over the top of the ski glove adds the warmth and it's just a really good way of looking after your hands a great get out of jail free card
0: all of that's really interesting so much of the innovation that we've discussed in all of these equipment uh, episodes have been in the area of sustainability what are the sort of changes that we're seeing in relation to gloves this year
1: very similar to a lot of other clothing because that's what it is. A glove is a garment. It's a garment for your hands. So the materials they use are similar to other bits of clothing. So we've seen, um, you know, PFC, so perfluorocarbons that we spoke of in the jackets episode. They're being removed from gloves. So they're using different treatments to maintain that durable, water repellent coating. Uh, seen a lot of recycled materials on the outside leather is a a natural fiber some people don't want to use leather but it is exceptionally durable Uh, but there's 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 ways that they can look after the animals which which are just far kinder Um, but leather is is fantastic for gloves and then on the inside we're seeing a mixture of virgin and synthetic materials what i love in many gloves they use wool as the insulation it is brilliant when it is where it's incredibly sustainable it's been used for centuries it's really efficient and they're using leftovers and offcuts from making jackets and things in the padding and gloves so they're just being as sustainable as possible
0: i mean that's a theme that we've seen in all of our uh, episodes i mean you mentioned that the water resistant side of things probably listeners will want to listen to our uh, ski jackets episode where we went into the pfc Free side of things and DWR and what that stands for the water resistant side of things in in a lot of detail but all of those elements are key factors as well I know we're dealing mainly with uh, gloves to start off with but in relation to socks uh, similar
1: things that we're seeing there especially with ski socks we see a lot of wool being used specifically merino wool again fantastic sustainable very warm but it doesn't hold its shape and you can improve its breathability and durability by adding in synthetic yarns but if we're using the likes of polyester and polyamines or nylon as often people call it then we can use recycled elements when we're building the socks and they're incredibly durable hold their shape really well but yeah similar things to seeing in other areas of clothing
0: and that durability that you mentioned there we've referred quite a lot to the fact that the most sustainable item is the one that you already own you're talking about increased durability that's a that's a a, a development that we've seen yeah
1: especially in the last five or 10 years really the fa- last five years so brands like uh smart um like stance and there's a brand that i'm seeing a lot more of at the minute called don tough from vermont and they have lifetime guarantees on the and they're incredibly durable i use all of those brands and they're amazing ski socks but they last much longer than older variants used to so with the caveat that fit is
0: king what are your five picks for the uh, the best ski gloves for winter
1: 2024? I can't really talk about gloves without talking about Hestra. Anybody that is into gloves, almost irrespective of sport, but certainly mountain sports and skiing, will know of Hestra. So they do uh, they do a heli ski glove, uh, an army leather glove. Like my wife has bought heli ski glove 20, 25 years ago, still gets used. My son uses it all the time. I mean that's incredibly sustainable. But I want to focus on their three finger army leather Gore-Tex glove so it's it's essentially a unisex glove it gets called men's but they just do one version it's black and white 165 pounds so tough so warm and because it uses that lobster claw arrangement which we spoke of you get really good warmth with pretty excellent dexterity
0: okay and and this is coming in at the top end of the range yeah
1: yeah premium model long gauntlet so this is that powder style cuff that we referenced. Uh, uses a Gore-Tex membrane, tough goat leather palm, which is white, but actually this is, it's a, they don't get that grubby in my experience. But they are just really tough, perform fabulously well.
0: So that one was a lobster claw design. What's next yeah. on your list?
1: Black Diamond, another big glove brand, and the changes that they brought about in recent seasons have just that the fit and feel is incredible. And they've got this amazing cuff design that they had in an impulse glove and they brought it to their spark glove for this year. Sparks they've had around for a while, but they've got a new design for this season. And the women's spark glove has fantastic colours, fit. Again, it's really warm, really tough leather you've got padding on the back of the hand which is great if you're a skier where you like to kind of drag your knuckles and get really kind of down low that's great but even just when you're messing around with ski kit it just looks after your hands a bit more i love that glove I love the cuff on what they've done. I've used Sparks for years, but I think the new vision is by far the best that they've had in that model. It's £100. They do men's and women's vision. If you don't want to spend that much, but you want all leather, they do an amazing uh, dirt bag glove, I think they call it, which kind of comes from climbing, and that's a really good option. But the Spark at £100, fantastic.
0: Okay, so the next one then I have the list in front of me, I can see it's a similar price to that. What What are the kind of differences? What are we looking at here?
1: Yeah, so uh, the, the the Black Diamond glove, they use their own waterproofing. And this glove, it's by North Face. And again, it uses North Face's waterproofing. It's PFC-free DWR. It uses their Future Light membrane. So it's incredibly breathable. But this, it has e-tip functionality on the thumb and on the index finger. It's got a nice loop for pulling the glove on. You get quite a lot of bang for your buck with this glove. 90 pounds, good waterproofing, great warmth it's an it's a, a short cuff again like like the spark um but yeah the future light's really breathable so if you're somebody that suffers with clammy hands or hot hands this is a fantastic glove to look at never mind the fact that you've got great warmth you've got that that leather palm you've got that touchscreen use as well
0: earlier on we were talking about You know, sustainability. This particular glove has got that PFC free water resistance and also like their eco uh, insulation. What makes it eco?
1: Yeah. So they they, they use recycled materials in the insulation as well and on the outside of the glove. It's fantastic just to see these changes that brands are making. We're still getting really durable product. We're getting great fit. But yeah, so that's the North Face Montana Luxe Future Light Men's Glove. What a mouthful. The Hester, we said that's a unisex version, but most of these, like the Spark, like, like these, most brands will offer a men's and women's version. The, ch- the name might change a bit, but functions will be pretty similar. Yeah.
0: Okay, so getting towards more the sort of entry-level side of things, what's next on your list?
1: Yeah, so stepping down from that 90 pounds to 60 pounds. So Roxy Quicksilver, big board brand. Um, but this actually, the the Roxy Jetty often sits in ski lines with 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 various retailers. Sixty pounds is pretty cool. Again, PFC free. DWR coating on the outside. It uses Roxy's own dry flight membrane. So you can see as we're coming down in price points, they're using their own insulation, they're using their own membranes rather than brand names like Primaloft or Cortex, which, which generally means the gloves are a bit more expensive. All of the gloves we've spoken about so far, those other three have leather on them. So if you do not want leather, Then this is a great option. It's got an artificial leather or pleather, as some people call it, like plastic leather for the um, palm. It's really supple glove, but a glove. It's a mitt. So £60. It's a really good warm offering with a fantastic kind of graphic on the outside. And that's the Roxy Jetty Women's Mitts.
0: And then also at a similar price, you've got another option that's not a mitt.
1: Yeah, so this is a glove. So, this is such a popular model. It's been around for a long time, but this is the Salomon Propeller. It's a little bit less, it's £55, but the fit and feel, it feels pretty luxury actually for £55 glove, which is lower down on the price point. It may sound expensive to some, but really over £100 is pretty normal for a glove. But again, synthetic outer, just it feels like a soft shell glove, but you're getting that. They've got their own waterproof membrane in there, they've got their own insulation. If you do suffer when it's really cold, look at them. Look at some of the thicker options. But for general all-mountain skiing around the piece for most of the season, the propeller glove from Salomon is a pretty good option.
0: Well, that is really uh, interesting to hear your choices uh, there. Let's move on to uh, socks. You've got to keep your hands warm. You've got to keep your feet warm as well. I guess some more elements with socks because they've got to blend and work with your ski boots uh, as well. We've already mentioned some of the sustainable aspects of it, but let's just tackle some of the uh, terminology. Firstly, tube socks versus
1: anatomical socks.
0: What are are we talking about there?
1: God, I would love it if tube socks didn't exist. When I was a kid, tube (laughs) socks was pretty much the norm. And I can't believe they're still going. So our leg is not a straight line is it it bends around the (laughs) ankle down the foot and various thicknesses and bulges and all of this a tube sock tends to be the same thickness top to bottom it's got no bend built into it so as soon as you put it around your ankle you get bunching over the top of the instep around your ankle now bear in mind that's where your blood goes through to your toes if you impinge that area you get really cold feet so not only is it cold but they can be really uncomfortable don't get tube socks you want a sock that's the same same shape as your low leg, ankle, and foot. Yeah. And make sure that the socks come up above your ski boots. Not everybody thinks about this thing. Oh, I'll just go and use it. You know, a normal sports sock. It's mid-calf. It's not a problem. But you're going to get that seam. You're going to get compression. And again, that's going to restrict blood flow. You are in a cold environment. Get the right sock for the job. I
0: mean, you mentioned about, you know, restricted blood flow. What about padding, you know, mm. on the socks?
1: Is that a good thing or a bad thing? A bit of both. Too much of a good thing is not necessarily a good thing, if you know what I mean. So if you have loads of padding, what can happen is the boot ends up being too tight. And, you know, it starts constricting blood flow because of that. Padding down the shin is really nice. Most of my ski socks will generally have padding down the shin. Unless I'm in a super tight boot, then I'll have just a really thin sock. But around my toes, around my heel, um, and under my foot, I like padding there. And this tends to be called targeted cushion, and the majority of ski socks will have it. Some will have more cushioning, some on the heat on down the calf as well. When you're buying ski boots, buy the socks that they fit you with, or take your ski socks with you to get fitted, because the difference in the thickness of sock makes a huge difference to how the boot
0: now this uh, next question i had for you kind of uh, sort of reminiscent from some of my years when i was doing ski seasons i would often get other questions by our guests about socks and particularly um you know my, my feet are cold should i
1: wear two pairs of socks cool. <laughs> no there you go done <laughs> um yeah don't and i've got friends that wear two pairs and it, it drives me incensed almost again comes down to it if, if you happen to wear two pairs of socks that ski boot is not right for you i mean for starters so do something about the boot, boot go to boot fit and maybe you need a different liner for it maybe then just put some padding on it but two socks there's too many layers bunching up and moving in there you're gonna get it, it's just the boot is not fitting you right you're not going to control the skis properly the only thing you want in a ski boot is your foot and leg the sock and the footbed that sits under your foot in the liner—that's it. No thermals, nothing else. That's what should be in the ski boot.
0: Okay. What about another potential myth then? Are thick ski socks warmer? Absolutely not.
1: Um, yeah. Again, just too much compression. It's a bit like people go, "Oh, thin, th- thin-walled ski boots are, are are colder." We go, "Well, hold on. Race boots are maybe nine mil thick in plastic, and they make me freezing." So yeah, with ski socks, thicker doesn't mean warmer. Correctly fitted, shape properly to your foot, no bunching, as little wrinkling as possible. That's going to help you with warmth. Make sure you eat well. Make sure you drink well. Make sure the rest of your body is warm. And uh, if you start to get cold, go and put some more tins in. Warm up.
0: <laughs> I like I like that thinking. Okay, one final question about, you know, the technical side of the socks. Is there such a thing as snowboarding socks? Are ski socks and snowboarding socks different?
1: Yeah, there is such a thing as snowboarding socks. And, I used to just snowboard and I don't get to do it as much now, which is a real shame because I absolutely love it. But snowboard socks, ski boots and snowboard boots, when you just stand in them in the shop, may feel relatively similar. Obviously, ski boots are plastic, snowboard boots often people think are more comfortable, but the bindings are really different. So, snowboard binding with straps, it's going to put pressure over the top of your foot. So, snowboard socks may have padding for that or across the forefoot. Snowboard socks will have different padded areas compared to a ski sock yes you can use a ski sock for snowboarding yes it use a snowboard sock for skiing but if you're just going to be doing one sport get the one specifically for that sport you will find it helps
0: right let's listen to what your choices are then what are your best ski sock picks for winter 2024
1: yeah so we spoke of heated gloves but you've not really asked about heated socks but i'm throwing a heated sock in And yes, it is spendy. It's £270, but that is the sock and the batteries and the charger. If you want to buy just the sock on its own, it's about £90, which is still pretty hefty. But I know some pro skiers that use these socks because they spend a lot of time in cold environments, and this is how they maintain foot warmth. Yes, you can get heated footbeds, but the beauty with a heated sock is irrespective of which boot you're using it in, you can maintain that foot warmth. So elements sit around the toes, battery pack sits under the cuff, and it's really small, and you Bluetooth control them. So these are a the Thermic Power Sock set. It's got a much longer name, but just just stick with that because it's a real mouthful it just gives excellent all-day warmth you can tailor how much heating's on it there's an app on your phone you can control it but yes 270 pounds
0: that sounds uh amazing uh, we, we mentioned earlier that the uh, electrically heated gloves with a thermic heat boost so obviously this company thermic this is their area of specialism yeah right?
1: yeah i mean there are other brands but The reason why I've picked on this sock and that glove is because I know people who use them. I've played with them. I've used them. And especially the sock. I'm not going to name drop, but world famous skiers that I've been touring with and doing things with, because that's the world I live in. And they have these on their feet. And I wouldn't have expected it at all. And they just make a massive difference. I think you should name drop. Tell us who they were. (laughs) Uh, No, no, I'm going to do it.
0: Okay. Okay. No worries. I mean, that is really interesting. We are saying about not using, you know, getting away from your phone, but pulling out your phone to get on the Bluetooth to adjust your sock temperature. Sounds
1: like an acceptable way of uh, of doing it. Yeah. Okay. At
0: at a more affordable level then, what would be also on your list?
1: Okay. So we're dropping about £240, which is is quite a jump. (laughs) SmartWall, I am sure people will know about SmartWall socks. It is a bit of a go-to for me when testing different boots because so this is a targeted cushion i'm actually looking at the women's sock here obviously, obviously i use the men's sock but you get padding down the sheen around the foot and the heel and the rest of the sock you've got fantastic stretch zones and mesh zones a so great breathability it's not that thick at all so you're not taking up too much volume in the boot but yeah the targeted cushion it's 27 pounds uses a mixture of merino wool some virgin fibers and recycled fibers in there it maintains its shape brilliantly well and they're so soft and comfortable this sock works fabulously
0: okay excellent and a similar price point you've got another choice for us as
1: well yeah so this drops down a bit so this is a bit of a, a bit of an ellis brigham's special ellis brigham have a, a, a kind of a boot fitting term called sure fit and uh, this is where their boot fit guarantee but they work with a brand called CDAS. so people may not know of CDAS, but they may be using their products all of the time If you've got a footbed in your ski boot, there's a good chance, especially if it's a custom molded, that it's a CDAS footbed. They make socks. They also make ski boot liners. But this is the SureFit ski sock. Similarly to the targeted cushion from SmartWool, it has just cushioning where you need it again you've got a mix of merino wool you've got some recycled fibers in there and i just love the hold and the fit around this and it's got excellent breathability up the calf just works really well with a properly fitted ski boot and that's the CDAS sure fit ski socket 25 pounds
0: and then uh, i guess we call this a uh, uh, entry level what what's your choice for this
1: yeah and most retailers have this kind of offering obviously I'm looking at Ellis Brigham here. They, they've they've supported this, but they aren't the only one to do this. You look at other retailers, they will generally do their own branded multi-pack. And this is a two-pack winter sport socks from Ellis Brigham. It's 20 pounds and you get two pairs of socks. So not only is it cheaper, you get more. There's no merino in it. It's synthetic yarns. But if you are you know, working to a very tight budget, this is a great offering. If you're new to skiing, maybe you don't know if you're going to stick with this. This again is a great Offering excellent fit, yes, it doesn't feel as luxury as the others, but for a good proportion of skiers, this is going to work well. They put max in there to help with the moisture wicking and the breathability. It's really important. Whichever sock you get, that's going to lift that moisture off your feet. We you sweat when we ski, even in cold places. So yeah, the Winter Sports Ski Sock Pair, at twenty pounds, is pretty outstanding value.
0: Okay, well that's really interesting to listen to all of those uh, different choices, both on the gloves and on the socks uh, as well. And what I'll do is I'll put links into the show notes to all of those products that we mentioned today. I think the key thing to remember is that fit is king. Well, for gloves anyway. I don't think you're going to be able to go in and (laughs) try on any socks before you buy them you say so that do... but
1: some stores have try on pairs and i've done this not everywhere but yeah especially when you're trying on boots they'll generally have try on you know when you're getting fit for boots they have try on pairs of socks and then you're oh, i like that one and then you might get some off the shelf and use them so
0: well pop into your nearest uh, ellis brigham to try them they've got 16 shops around the uk uh stock all the products we mentioned today uh, i would really like to thank them for sponsoring these episodes you know i've really enjoyed making them But, you know, each of these episodes takes up a lot of time and it wouldn't have been possible without their support. Now, I enjoy all feedback about the show. I like to know what you think, especially about these episodes and just our general features. So you can contact me on social at Ski Podcast or by email at theskipodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Richard Patey uh, contacted me. said, I enjoyed the ski jacket episode. I've got Nellis Brigham here in Bristol that I'll be heading to soon. Uh, we also had a question. I think this is via Twitter from AP Northfield said another great episode. He was referring to the goggles one and said i am curious about photochromic lenses in goggles that adjust to light levels uh, this has not discussed <laughs> are they a no no or worth considering now this is a very good question and it's my fault <laughs> because al had prepared all of this to go into the episode and i cut it out <laughs> so we're including it now anyway uh, al
1: photochromic or
0: photochromatic lenses am i even saying that right
1: you are saying it perfect and and either those terms people use photochromic because it's shorter we could have a whole podcast on the science around this i'm not going to go that <laughs> into that depth but they are a great option just be aware of the limitations so color change lenses which is another term for them, when it's really cold, as it can be in the mountains, they may not lighten very much. And the other issue that you have is the lens tint transition happens because of the exposure to UV light. So you can have a really cloudy day in the mountains, but still get quite high levels of of ultraviolet light. So the lens, again, may not lighten that much. Now, brands have done quite a lot in this space to help because the transition times can be over a minute. So it's not like you ski between trees and shade light, shade light, shade light, and the lens will change. It takes longer, but, you know, if we look at something like the Bolle Phantom Plus lens, which I am a big fan of, they made this transition quicker. And I'm quite pleased on this point. When they made it, they said it was 30 seconds. I tested it, quoted it as 20, and they now quote it as 20 seconds. I'm not saying it's me, but maybe I'll claim it anyway. Um, but, yeah, you know, so that there is technology out there that works fantastically well in the mountains. Photochromic can be a great option. There's only one goggle on the market from a brand called Jolbo that covers all the ranges of of category so 0 through through four, but most will do at least two categories, if not three.
0: Okay. Well, that is a brilliant answer. So we're coming to the close now. Listen, if you like the podcast, there are a couple of things you can do to help. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and that helps other listeners to find us. And you can subscribe so you never miss an episode. You may have just found this equipment special through searching or something like this, but we have over 200 episodes now to catch up with. Uh, had a look earlier, 161 were listened to in the last week. There's There's loads of stuff to listen to in our back catalogue. Just go to theskipodcast.com, search around the tags and categories and you're bound to find something of interest. We're just coming to the close of our fifth of these equipment specials. And I really would like to give Al a huge thank you. And not just on behalf of all of our listeners who've contacted us, but from me as well. You know, I have learned so much over these episodes. So I really wanted to thank you for sharing your time and all of your knowledge with us. You know
1: what? I love doing this and hopefully all I do it for is to help people have a better time in the mountains so if I've achieved that for one person through these five episodes rock on I
0: can guarantee you've achieved that for at least one based on the feedback I've had already so that's really good and yeah as it goes listener I will be back on our next podcast which is going to be episode 198 when he'll be sending us a report almost live I guess from the SIGB ski test in La in around uh, a week's time but uh, until then you can uh, follow me at Skipedia and the podcast at The Ski Podcast. And finally, listener, thank you for joining us. And until next time, goodbye.